Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm going to explain why I played this. What is this here? This would be Blueprint 2 off of Blueprint 2. Here we go. H. So safe. So this past week, by the way, welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the uh, show. We, we hope you're enjoying it. We hope Thank you're you. signing up on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who already has. Saif owes the Patreon a mix. I already made a mix. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you're you're up. Um, and we're about to start laying in heavy on the on the Patreon because we really appreciate everyone who's supporting the show. The reason I played that Saif is this week, um, my girlfriend Natalie and I hit uh, a year of dating. Really? A year. I did not know it's been that long. Yep. We met. I slid into the DMs a year ago. The reason I played that song just now, Blueprint 2 off of Blueprint 2, was that the second night her and I ever FaceTimed, like late on a Friday night, the week we started talking, we were playing music for each other over the phone, and she played Blueprint 2. This is... I'm not supposed to say this. This is not an acceptable term nowadays, but that is very gay. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> Laying on the phone together? They're playing music to each other? What's, what is this? Are you 19? <laughs> we did. We were playing each other music, and she rapped every bar on, on Blueprint 2. Oh, that? And, I re- and then you and made I, her your girl? Yo, when you do you know how hard the, the second verse is of Blueprint Two? Listen, the moment you rap a lyric to me, I'm hanging up on you. You're gross to me. Oh, you're you're not into that. No, as a girlfriend, yuck, yuck. You're done. You're done. You want her to go? Well, I this one's okay, but I just like the fun ones that I hear in the club <laughs> yo, with sorry. my girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I already told you my girlfriend is like dating Big Noid. <laughs> Although, considering how queen she is, the level of disrespect on verse two of this song for Nas. Yeah. Yo, it's the most. Do you know that this song is the most disrespectful to Nas of I any never, of his songs? I don't even remember this song. I don't even know. I think it started as a freestyle and then he made it a song on the album. Uh-huh. The, re- the I think the only reason it's not talked about enough, because I don't like Blueprint 2, as you know, yeah. particularly. Yeah. Is be and the song's fire. The only problem is that that era of Jay Z when he did silly things like "I got my mojo back, baby." Oh, behave. Yeah, that just doesn't age that well. Doesn't age well. well but that album well, is listen, dope. There, there's joints on that album. I don't care what people well, listen, say. 
Listen to this, hold on. Getting returned is a lot of lip. And your body should no. Ain't I supposed to be absorbed myself? Every time it's a tragedy, I'm the first one to help. They call me this misogynist. But they don't call me the dude that take his dollars to give gifts at the project. These dudes, it's all politics. Deposit and checks they put in their pocket. All you get in return is a lot of lip. And your body shit caught up in the hype. Cause a nigga wear goofy, it don't mean he bright. Cause you don't understand him, it don't mean he nice. Just mean you don't understand all the bullshit that he write. Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? This is black girl lost a shorty owe you for ice. I've been real all my life, they confuse it with conceit. Just I will not lose, they try to help them cheat. But I will not lose for even in defeat. There's a valuable lesson learned, so it evens up for me. When the grass is cut, the snakes will show. I gotta thank the little homie Nas for that though. <laughs> Saving me the hassle of speaking to half of these assholes. And I'ma let karma catch up the jazz oh Whoa, I'm back for you, had a chance to miss me. My mama can't say you this time, niggas, it's history. Who you know, flow vicious is me. You're so religiously, that's why they call me ho. I get the smalls, cause the victim is me, me, nigga. You're an actor, you're not who you're depicted to be. You're street dreaming, all y'all niggas living through me. I gave you life when niggas was forgetting you MC. I'm a legend. You should take a picture with me. You should be happy to be in my presence. I should charge you a fee. I'm big dog, Glenn Rob. Listen, God, you a flea. And the little homie jungle is a garden to me. What's the problem, B? You're not as hard as me. Nigga, hard as we. Nigga, ROC, nigga. That's why they follow me. They feel my pain and my agony, nigga. I won't rest till you on one knee. You want more than this war's gonna be, nigga. Until you on one knee, you want more than this war's gonna be, nigga. H-O-V-A. Yo. I remember that now. I remember that now. Oh, now you remember it. Yo, yo, is it Black Girl Lost or you owe me some ice? He comes at Jungle. He comes at Jazzo. I have to assume that's a bar about Jazzo when he says, my mom's not going to save you now. Yo. Yeah. I saw. I, so I was so taken aback by like, damn, how did I miss this song? Like, I really never. And I'm sure there are people. Nobody gave right that now. album credit. That's why. Um, But she can yo, rap that. Way, she can rap that. Oh, yeah. Word I, would, for word. I, would, I would leave her now. I would leave her now. You would get away immediately. Yeah, immediately. Um, here's the thing. Jay-Z and Nas dropped another record together this week. Is that some way Khaled? The Khaled joint. Uh-huh. Um, let me see. Is it good? If I can. Is it good? That so that sample, question. that Jay-Z sample is like it's like in a commercial nowadays. Which one? There's like that. I forget. Oh, really? It's like a a whiskey commercial or a. Oh. No, it's the Modelo. Modelo, yeah, 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 yeah. No, is it Modelo? Yeah. Uh. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's the Modelo commercial. (laughs) Excuse me. It's Modelo. Oh, okay. So here's the question I have for you. Yes. Do you like? Have you ever liked in history? When Jay-Z and Nas do a record together. Yes, Black Republicans. Black Republicans is one of my favorite songs. I know you can feel the magic, baby. Turn motherfucking lights down. This is a so- this this is one of my favorite songs. Really? Yeah. I love this song. See, I just think this song is cool. No, I love this song. Uh, 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 
that's perfect. You gotta skip, it's a very long intro. <laughs> it's still going? Yeah, it's very long. Yep. It's been fifty seconds. Yeah, it's long. It's a long intro. They couldn't. They were. They couldn't get it together. They could. They were scared to rap together. I don't know. I like it. I don't love it. I don't know. I love it. I don't love the beat. I think I might like this better. No. 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 Okay, but the fact that neither of us agree speaks to the point that I'm trying to make. Yes. I, that I think it's hard for them to get on a record and have it like there's something there that's hard. Like it's cool that they do it. It just never quite never quite goes all the way there for me. Like it's overthought. So Khaled gets Jay-Z and Nas on this. And the second I heard the preview for it, I was like, oh, this is going to be the same thing again. It's too, I was like, it's going to be so big. Yeah. The video's fire, though. I will say that. There's a video out already. The video's dope. Khaled, Nas, and Hove at a casino in tuxedos. It's a cool video. Again, 49 seconds we're at. No rap. Here we go. Silicon Valley money mixed with Henny, that's offending. Half a century almost. Slice the green like a lawnmower. Till we all on, never fall off. Hear a boss talk. You don't hear me, that's your loss. Winner in life, fuck a coin toss. I'm Coinbase. Basically, cryptocurrency Scarface. Join us, there's gotta be more. Cryptocurrency Scarface. Like, it's cool. It's cool. I just find them to be so hard. It's always like a great idea to get them on a record. I, for some reason, find the execution to be very, very the, hard. The, the, power, the power of DJ Khaled is getting it done. Correct. That's what his gift in life is. He gets these things done. Do I 100% love the outcome? Not all the time. That, sound, that actually sounds good to me, but like, it's, it's a very impressive of how he does it. Well, I mean, that, you're right. The most impressive thing, you know, the way Khaled just gets things done. Is this? I'm sitting on a very nice white chair. Okay. And I would feel horrible for the person who's letting me stay at their place out here in Austin, Texas, if I got blood all over this chair. What? Excuse me? Why would that happen? Well, I feel like slitting my wrists. Because Khaled has... Just the amount of way- people who can get stuff done. Baby, Cardi, her, Migos, Post Malone, the baby, Megan, Bieber, 21, Roddy Rich, baby again, Drake, Big Sean, Ross, Jay-Z Nas, Timberlake, Bryson Tiller, Meek Mill, her again. Hey, her, you're now like a, I think, Oscar winning or Emmy winning or Grammy or all of them winning artist. Can you do, can you be on two songs? Like one's cool. Do a second one. Two Drake songs. 
it's really it's Buju. He his last song Saif is featuring Buju, Capleton, and Bounty. Mm. He went to Jamaica for that. I saw that. I saw that on his on the Instagram. It is very impressive. When was the last time you saw Cali? Uh, I don't remember. In LA, yes, somewhere. You, you just ran into him. We were at this event, that We Day charity thing I used to do. Oh, yeah, what was that? That's what's it, two, three years ago? Yeah, maybe like two years ago. Was it a good was it a good encounter? Amazing. Amazing. So do you do you, in the end, do you feel that the awkward conversation at Hot Ninety Seven was valuable in any way? No. It didn't help. No. Was there any follow up after that? Uh the conversation with me and Khaled yelling at each other? Yeah. Uh, uh, was what do you mean follow up? Like, did you guys ever talk post that conversation? Yes, 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 yes. And so then, and do you think that helped? What do you mean helped? Helped what? Helped your comfort with the relationship. I don't have a problem with the relationship. I never had a problem with the relationship. Well, you're a liar, as Khaled said. Didn't you? Isn't that what the point of the whole thing was? (laughs) He was saying I was a liar. But I know I wasn't lying. So no, that but no, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're lying about. I'm saying you're lying because at that point you did have a problem. That's what the whole thing was. It got, it got, uh, it got. Um, what, what's the thing? It blew up because it was on camera. God, if it was in a, more than it was, I would have had the same conversation in private. But then it wouldn't be the thing that. Why are we talking about this? The thing that messed this is up. Interesting. The thing that. What I realized afterwards is the thing that messed up in that particular view. If you haven't seen this, Google Cypher Sounds DJ Khaled yelling at each other, Hot 97. It's, it's, it's hilarious to me. It the is The thing funny. that messed it up, what I realized is that because it was in front of a camera, he had to act a certain way because he couldn't get punked by somebody, anybody. That day it happened right. to be me. But in general... He couldn't. You're not going to play, Khaled. You're not going to right. And I and I made the mistake of I, I didn't make a mistake. I emotionally reacted in the moment, not thinking of the camera. Not I didn't care about the camera. It's different. Like when we did that, and how it is nowadays, where we know there's cameras everywhere all the time. You know, we were shooting it, but it was like, oh, I'm not thinking of the cameras. It's right. Me and him were, were having a, a, a argument. You know, right? Because you were a radio guy. Yeah. When you say when you say not getting punked on camera, would that be like when I interviewed uh, Nicki Minaj and she just looked at me and said, "I never found you funny. I never found you smart. <laughs> I I only found you annoying." <laughs> That's it. That's there. it. <laughs> yeah. See, and you I, allowed yourself to get punked on camera. But this is hold on. This is too far I though. I never found you funny. I never found you entertaining. I never found you smart. I just found you annoying. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. I just did an I interview. To... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. I was just like, I need to make this right. So no problem. I just did an interview recently with this girl. Her name is Clarissa. She has a, a podcast out here in Austin. Does she explain it all? She explains it all, yes. Okay. And I told the Nicki Minaj story, and I called Nicki Minaj a c- on her podcast. And... Oh my! God. I felt. Are you sure you want to say this, or are you going to make us edit this out? After uh, no, it's fine. I, it's fine. This is one ep. Whatever. One ep is okay. So what happened? No, I called her a c- on the podcast, and I told the story of how she dissed me 
when I was went to go talk to her to try to fix the whole situation, and she fucking did that shit where she counted down before I left the room. Remember, I told you that before. Oh my gosh! I and I told that, that story, and I was like, "Why am I telling this story?" And then I was also like, "Why not tell it? Who gives a fuck?" You know what it's I mean? It's a funny story. I shouldn't have called her. Uh, That's not nice. That's is that the part you want to make amends for? What? Saying that. Calling her a. Right. On, well, you keep saying on that podcast. Right. Make amends. Yeah, that's the term I use for it. Do you want to make amends? No, I don't want to make amends. I just. I don't know. I don't. I. I, I don't. I, I'll tell the story. She was being a. C- <laughs> but I shouldn't call her a. C- that's not. That's not right. No, I don't even think you can say that now. Why? Well, I spelled it on that I, podcast. Oh, you spelled. Yeah, okay, I spelled got it. it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that here though you chose not to well this is what I'm, who gives a fuck so cypher yeah. uh we're gonna have jay period on the show today. okay he's a great guy yeah dope dj but i want to check in he's a great dj you know producer etc cetera, etc cetera. i want to check in with you what's happening in austin texas how are you what do you mean how are you what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean i'm fine why are you asking like you think something's wrong is it because I said I wanted to slip my wrists? Yeah, I don't know. Billy June, have you gotten a sense over text over the last couple of weeks that Sipes, like hasn't had, had as upbeat a tone as he did in like the weeks prior? What do you think, Billy June? He just hasn't been answering as much until we make a decision and everything. Oh, 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 you want to talk about that? Okay, let's talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, you want the inside scoop of Juan Ep? I'll give you the inside First scoop. Home. First of all, the answer to everyone, no. Billy June sends us artwork for the episode, sends us the description, sends us different things. I go, hey, I like this, Billy June. Oh, this is good. Good job. And then an hour later, Rosenberg goes, I hate this. This is stupid. You suck. Kill yourself, Billy June. This week, you decided (laughs) not to even text for the six hours and just wait. I don't jump in anymore because... No matter what I say, Rosenberg's going to disagree. He's he's not wrong all the way there. <laughs> Can I give so, my perspective? Of sure. Go ahead. Give us, give us your perspective. <laughs> I'm not a mind reader, so I'm just hoping that you like the first one. So I make the first yep. one. You then don't like it, and then I say, what do you want? Then I takes three hours. Oh, so. Want. Then I make it, fair. and then you go, actually, I don't like this. Can we go to something completely different? And then it's. He, Almost eleven o'clock at night, and I'm ready to blow my brains out. That's you know what. Wait, what again, was what was last week? What was the one you had last week? It was the one up is life, but you had it was clouds. It was smoke clouds. Then it was you guys in aviators. I don't, then, I didn't even see that. No, what was the first? It was like was it a marquee or something? Yeah. It just it was like a marquee, no, and no, it was like, it was like Wheel no, of no, Fortune. it was Wheel of Fortune. Oh, Wheel of Fortune! It was what we, the fuck was that? It was Wheel of Fortune, and on the on the Wheel of Fortune board, it said "One Up Is Life." But but what is the connection? What's the connotation of of One Up Is Life being on Wheel of Fortune? That's well, Sife. If you read Billy Junior's email, you would have seen it was Pat Sajak's birthday. <laughs> Like that's the thing, Billy June. Like, what, what, what connected that 
to, like one up his life. Like I'm thinking, okay, just spitballing a, a childbirth or 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 some kind of celebration. Or if I think of he life, sent a flower growing. He sent a flower growing one. I didn't see the flower growing, but what was the wheel of fortune one? Because I because Rosenberg makes the decision on this stuff. I don't know if that's true, but I am more annoying than you. I do. I do. I am more critical, and it's not Billy's. Listen, anyone out there who happens to be a huge Juan Ephead, who is like, "Hey, I don't really have money for Patreon, but I want to support you guys. I make good digital art." Reach out to Billy June because oh. Billy June does a great job. But with all due respect, Billy June, you're not a professional digital artist. Yeah. Would you say that's true? No, but also. If you if I'm have to be a mind reader for you, why would somebody? It's even harder for somebody else who hasn't heard the podcast yet be a mind reader. Yeah, for but you. if you but if you tell them the theme and they're naturally good at doing that, they're likely to have a better, easier result than you if their shit is dope in general. I guess. Like you already have your hands full editing this every week and trying to pull the video together. By the way, people keep asking for the full video. What are we doing? Why are we not putting out full video? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Every week, ladies and gentlemen, this is way too inside baseball. Every week we go, hey, we're going to do the podcast Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Me and Billy jump on at 10 a.m. Rosenberg texts us. I need 15 minutes. Me and Billy June talk about stuff with Juan Epp. And every week we go, we wish we could put out the videos. But Rosenberg says no. I don't say no to full video. I am late, but I don't say no to full video. You 100% said no every all the time in the beginning when we're like, we got to put this on YouTube. And you're like, no. No, That was – hold on. This is unfair. That was only at the beginning when I thought we were saying stuff that would have I didn't want to have on YouTube. So you're saying but now we can then, put up the videos? Yeah, I'm good with full videos. Well, I'm going to start just... dressing better then. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I'm good. We, yeah, we will have to dress slightly better, but I'm good with us put, putting up full videos. I mean, we'll say if there's a specific part, but then, you know, Billy June's going to tell us what's really hard to edit the audio for the videos and the blah, blah. I mean, there is going to be shit sucks. that – yeah, no, it, it is not great. We might want to use StreamYard instead of Zoom or something that's a little better. Let me ask you a question, they don't, Peter. They don't, the internet connection doesn't, like, make the video great. Shut up. Other time, people it do it. Other up. people do it. Shut up, Billy. Let me ask you a question, Peter yeah, Rosenberg. Like Peter, is, looking like shit is better than what we have now, which is looking like zero. Are you ready? Are you Are ready? you ready? For maybe in-person one eps. Well, hold on. I'm going to tell you Are right you ready? Now. Are you ready? Double vaxxed. Okay. Double vaxxed. Everyone listen. I'm also double vaxxed. Is- hold on. Real quick. Y'all heard. Take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice. Check one. My mic sound Here's nice. the question of the day. Two. My mic sound nice. Check three. Are you ready? Are you <laughs> um so i am uh-huh. in the process uh-huh. right now uh-huh. of building a proper high level video studio in this room well 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 would you be willing to come here 100 on my door 
Saturday morning, 10 a.m. with a bagel and coffee in hand. Knock, knock, knock. Question. And I have a ca- Question. couch right here for you to sit on. Yes, I'm 100% willing to do that. One, Two questions. One, how's the parking over there? On Saturday, you'd be fine. Two, what if I'm out of town? Then we do what we've been doing. Okay. <laughs> but if I'm in town. I'm not. We don't, when you're in town. Pull up. I'm getting, you're telling me pull up. I'm telling you my beautiful girlfriend has connected me with people. I'm working on a situation uh-huh. in which I'm going to outfit this room with the fire cameras. Uh-huh. I'm going to have a switcher so I can switch the oh shots live. My God. And we can cut back and forth between angles. Oh, my days. Um, And we can have a full, proper, either 4K or 1080 HD video, mm-hmm, baby. Mm-hmm, That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Now, listen. So that means, though, some weeks will look good and some weeks will look like and, shit. And, 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 and here's the thing. Is there any way to maybe do this on a weekday once in a while? That's hard for <sighs> See, you. See, now you're... That's hard for now you. Now you're... You're, it would take. It would start taking. It would. We're now prep, taking the fun do you out. Prep for your. Do you prep for your sports show? What do you prep? You just talk shit about sports. It's not the. It's not the prep. It's that there. The two times to do it would be between my shows. Yeah. Or after my. Between shows. your shows sounds great for me. If we do it between the shows, I will be a a wreck. Because this show actually takes more out of me than the other shows because I talk more. Like I don't talk that much. Right, on my you're other just shows. a bitch boy on your other shows. You're just See, a low level bitch thank, boy. You're Ebro's bitch you. and you're Don Greco's bitch or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> by the way, great story. By the way, tell me how you think this made me feel. <laughs> a year ago, a year ago when I went back to WWE, yeah, it was my first day back. It was right before the pandemic shut down the world, mm-hmm. like three days before, and I walk in. And I see a guy who some of our listeners will be very familiar with if they watch wrestling, and you guys probably won't know. And that's Paul Heyman. Of course. Okay? Paul Heyman's a super famous manager. He's always basically a heel. He's an incredible talker. He's a shit-talking lunatic. We'll get him on the podcast sometime. You'd find him entertaining, but he's a maniac. I walk in, Scythe. It's my first day back. I'm so happy to have returned. I'm about to get a haircut. And Paul Heyman walks by with like three other important people right behind him. And when he sees me, he makes eye contact. And as he's walking by, goes, hey, look, it's Ebro's bitch (laughs) in front of 20 people. (laughs) How do you think that made me feel on my first day back? I really had to do some deep oh, inner fuck. sanctum work to get there. <laughs> was but he joking? You, I don't mind it. He was joking, but when you say it without laughing in front of 20 people, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Was he joking? <laughs> I mean, do you like, know him like that? Do you joke around with him a lot like that? Well, if we joke around that way, it's one way. <laughs> like, I couldn't call him a bitch. Right. That wouldn't work, especially at that point when he was – writing at that point he was writing smackdown i think right and you he and was, it was your first so day back he was he was right under vince mcmahon at that right point. 
So even now, it would be very weird for me to aggressively talk shit to him, though I probably could get away with it. But at that point, it would have been if I had been like, hey, go fuck yourself in front of everyone. It would have been my last day back. (laughs) I I, I didn't have that option. So in being called a bitch, I had to then act like a bitch. It's all in the timing. Um, by the way, my girl hit me the second she said, or she said, she texted me, she's in the other room and she said, are you inviting Saifa over? I'll make us a feast. So the re- to answer your question in short, okay. it would be much, if we're going to do episodes where we do it that way, I think it would be way better on the weekend and we could maybe even knock out two or three and chill. Here's the deal. Like, People listening to this, why are they, why are they involved in our meeting about one? Why are we having a meeting about one on one <laughs> Let's get to Jay Period, man. You want to? Okay, we probably talked enough business right now. Let's bring on Jay Period. So, hold on. Um, You're a fan of One Up, and you go to explain this show to somebody. <laughs> hey, you got to check out this show. It's so great. Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg, they both used to be on Hot 97. They had a morning show. They had the first hip hop podcast ever. They're, it's historic, it's monumental. What was this episode about? Well, they were wondering if they should go to Rosenberg's house to do it in person. <laughs> You're right. And then Rosenberg told a story that basically sounded like this. It's just me and a bitch. Me and a bitch. This is, um, this, right, is, bring this, is Rosenberg, this is Rosenberg's song that you say in the mirror every morning. <laughs> right. It's about only well, – sometimes it's about – no, Ebro sings it about me. <laughs> and Michael K sings it about me. They both wake up and sing this. All right. I was going to say it's – I can't call him a friend of the show because we haven't had him on the – have we had you on the show? I've never no. been on the show. This so he's just a friend of time. ours, but this yeah, is yeah. his first time being a friend of the show. Yes. I Jay. love the show, so I also, love to become a friend of the show. Well, oh, thank you, You man. love the old show. I mean, I love this you is the guys, new show. So, you know, that's what it is. Because here's the problem I'm seeing, Peter Rosenberg. What's that? I saw my friend Jay Period at a Dave Chappelle event, and he goes, when are you guys bringing Juan Epp back? No, that's not uh, what I said. I said, when, are uh, you, when can I get on the show? Oh, Scythe, those so. are two very different things. Yeah. No, I, I knew you guys had it already. Yeah, come um, on, Scythe. It's, it's called Juan Epstein is Dead now, yeah? Yes, Juan Epp is Dead. Well, Juan no, is dead. actually, not it's called anymore. Juan Epp is Life. It's now called Juan Epp is Life. We flipped it. it again. There you go. We, uh, we started, we brought it back, and then every rapper died every week. So for we real. were so tired this is, of this dead shit. Yeah, for real. So this is your, the tribute to DMX is that it's about life now. Yeah. Yeah. After and DMX, Shock G, and Black Rob, it was like, no, nah, uh, we, we got to call G it. Shock G hit me right here, man. Like that. Was all our all our favorites are dying, and Takashi Six Nine is still roaming <clears throat> the earth. <laughs> <laughs> all right, J. Period. Real quick for for people who don't know J. Period, J. Period is a DJ. He's a producer. He's like a, a, a an executive producer, a collaborator, a Renaissance man, if you will, a, a master, truly a master of finding the perfect lane for himself for his entire career, which allowed him to stay right in the zone of music that he loves about without ever having to compromise. Yeah. And somehow has managed to do like 
amazing branded things, amazing unbranded things. Like correct, Jay. Let let's start at the beginning. Um, how what was your original? Because I don't n- remember the answer to this. If we've discussed it, what was your original foray into the hip hop game? Um, I mean, first, before I start, I just got to say thank you for that introduction, because I know how much you guys know music. So that means a lot to me uh, for you to say that. But, um, you know, my first foray into music in general, I couldn't trace because it was literally everywhere. You know, when I was a kid, my my father um, was a folk musician um, and a a teacher, excuse me, and a great storyteller, you know, in his own right. Um, And um and music was just everywhere, you know, so there was a, a song for every occasion and every situation. And I think it got embedded in me that way. And then, you know, the moment I discovered music was sort of the birth of hip hop. And, and you know, I, I saw Beat Street and it was a rap pretty much from there mm. on. You know, I was fascinated and, and it just everything about it spoke to me. You ever notice a difference between people who grow up with music in the house and people who don't? You know, when I do my interviews for the mixtapes, the very first question I ask um, is always what music was playing in the house as a kid. Yeah. And I, and I feel like the artists who, who sort of go back in their mind to a very specific memory, the conversation always opens up into a yeah. whole thing. Um, and, and a lot of in a lot of cases, what's interesting is like people with older siblings that um, that listen yeah. to music like Q-Tip talk about his older sister introduced him. I feel like I've heard that story a bunch of times. You know, my older sister also had really good taste in music, you know, Police and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Led Zeppelin. And, and you know, I, yeah. I got that side of it. So I, I just had a well-rounded musical upbringing. And then hip hop was like this, you know, umbrella where I could pull all those things into it. So it was, yeah. it was perfect. But it's, it sounds like, Jay Period, that you're the one, you're one of the few people in hip hop. Not, I don't know how many exist, but I'm sure some who also, like me, grew up with this probably in their home. Here we go. Ready? Mm. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. That James Taylor right there, Sight, the way that hits. Yeah. Yeah, there's something magical about that. You know, I, I I was just in the car you know, for eight hours driving back from, from Yellow Springs um, for the however many of time this, this month. And um, I, I put on Paul Simon, and I was just driving down the highway listening to, to, to Graceland. Graceland? Yeah. Yeah, I listen. Graceland is maybe my most listened to album. Uh, in terms trip. Of, That's the road trip record right there. Yeah, really? I, it's, it's a really reg- – that's I such a ever, regular. I don't think I've ever listened to it straight through. Really? Graceland's the one? Graceland's the one. And yeah. and the funny thing is, man, how different our musical backgrounds are. And no one understands more than Saif how much like I'm limited in the the way that my music taste started because of what I listened to in the house. And I don't say that's like diss my parents, but like they just really didn't considering they were really cool and like hippie ish and progressive. They just <laughs> did not listen to black music like that, like yeah. barely at all. But Saif, when I used to hear this joint as a kid, this right here changed my life. <laughs> and 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 the Paul Simon album, so this is so funny. I brought up Paul Simon recently at work. And I mean, Laura Styles barely knew who he was. Wow. Like I mean barely knew who he was. Barely knew who he was. Like, I think when I played 
Um, I think when I played You Can Call Me Al, it she was like, oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. But like, in fairness, my least favorite of all the records is that one, but... Yeah, it probably fits the least, honestly, in the album. Like so many hit singles, it kind yeah, of fits it, the least. Right. It's like the popular one of, of the songs. But it is interesting just because if um if you grew up in like a, a family where a lot of music that generally white people were listening to in that era, but were generally like somewhat cool people, like you heard Paul Simon all the time as a kid. And for a lot of other people who I've known in my life, their only introduction to him was from You Can Call Me Al or Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard. That's basically or Sound of Silence, maybe. Right. Well, in fairness, my introduction to jazz is flipping over Tribe Called Quest records. Of course. You know, like there's certain things that I only discovered through hip hop. And then there's other things I think I've discovered have a similarity to hip hop. You know, one of the things I, I as I've been telling, you know, my story through the course of putting this record out. Um, I used to transcribe the lyrics of like my philosophy and, you know, the second verse of Beat Street Breakdown and show them to my dad. Like, look, you know, like at how how important this is, like what what what's being said here and um and the poetry of it. And that was just sort of an, another thing where certain parts of it were unfamiliar. But, um you know, I also had friends. So I had opportunities to, you know, be in in Watts and, you know, like in the park, break, you know, breakdancing. And like, you know, there was exposure in, in other ways. But well, where exactly were you growing up? Um, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in in California, in Los Angeles. So you know, you did. No, yep. No, Yo, that Hollywood. is so funny. Um, you're you're so Brooklyn in my mind that I didn't even realize that. Like, yeah. you didn't know either, did you? I did not no, know you no, were a West no, Coast no, guy. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, either. I was I was on the West Coast. I mean, I obviously grew up in L.A. I went to school in the Bay Area, and I, I came to New York in '99 because again, it was like hip hop was my native language, even though I wasn't from here. But, I, you know, like I wanted to be closer to that world. And that's that's what brought me here. So I already felt like I spoke the language through the music, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and like so much of New York culture is buried in, in hip hop lyrics. <laughs> so, you know, there was something about it. Again, it's like I saw Beat Street and I was like, what is this world and how can I become a part of yeah, it? Yeah, looking at Beat Street, but growing up in California, in L.A., in the L.A. area has to look insane crazy insane because even now la kind of still looks the same in a way you know what i mean like the layout is the same yeah but like looking at and you're yeah, looking at the bronx, bronx in the bronx yeah. in the in the 80s it's like what the fuck is happening over there right that's america right well yeah and also you know the music, it was, so it was like, there's, you know, it's funny to say this and put it together, but there's the stories and there's what you see in the, the world of that. And then there's this music that's just so incredible. And that combination is, you know, maybe the reason why I, I do what I do, sort of, of combining stories and music, because it's like, there's a world in there. If you don't know, if you've never seen Burned Out Bronx and you see Beat Street and the graffiti, this beautiful art amidst this destruction and then the music like that's a crazy combination right there man so what was the what was the rap record like full album that you associate most with your upbringing mm, man look, oh. at, look at you with your questions today what, this is, what's funny is if, i'm a you know, pro man you're a pro what what rap record i most associate with my upbringing i probably <laughs> i probably have to put it to like can i choose five or it was like i gotta do one I'd not choose five. Um, That's fine. It's um, one up. I'd say probably, on. you know, Midnight Marauders and Low End Theory can fight for, for one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So this is... Uh, Pete Rock oh. and CL Smooth, Mecca and the Soul Brother. Oh, ooh. Oof. Five is so difficult. Uh, here, well, you know, I'm from the West Coast, so Ice Cube, Death Certificate, was another one. Um, what do I have on Death, Death Certificate? Why'd you do that? What was the lead single off Death Certificate? The lead single was Steady Mobbin', maybe? That sounds right, which is arguably my favorite, arguably my favorite Ice Cube song ever made. Wow. Really? Steady Mobbin'? It's, I know it's not like the right thing to say. It should be something off America's Most Wanted. No, whatever. Steph's certificate album is fire, but. My summer vacation is probably my favorite. Yeah, this beat is crazy. It's just maybe it's such a feel-good Ice Cube record. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. You know, and, and another thing there is Ice Cube is like you know, the life side, the death side. Like it's like a story to that album. I'm gonna listen to that today. Enough short of the green guy, man. Come on, like I and I might start slanging bean pies. Oh, the bootleg T-shirt of the month. Uh, so we um, have the so we have we have the two, we have the two tribes the Mecca and the Soul Brother the Ice Cube. Yeah, I got my last two. I'm gonna honestly, and not just because of recent circumstances, but really, really, really instrumental in my upbringing is Digital Underground Sex Packets. Mm, really? Like, oh my God, that record changed my life. Really? Um, yeah, it really, really changed my life when I heard it. And again, it's like all the seeds of what i do or there is a lot of that's 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 an interesting uh comparison because there's a lot of stuff going on in that album there's a lot and when i listen when i listen to your (laughs) mixtapes there's a lot of stuff going on yeah he's a man who likes things going on yeah there's a lot going on (laughs) well i think there's layers to it you know it's like he's telling multiple stories at once which i appreciate like that's a a sign of like an advanced understanding of something and shock g is definitely an advanced specimen you know like making up characters and and playing the piano like just all the things you know it's so funny it, too because yeah. i love so i've been uh a, i'm a big shock g fan and I, I as i told the podcast right after he passed i had been trying to get him on the show over like the course of the last year i'd hit him up a couple times just because i think he's brilliant and uh mystery and and i've always appreciated the levels to the things that he did. But I don't think I ever sat and listened to Sex Packets through and through until he passed. Oh, really? No, I used to yeah. listen to that album. It's I mean, good. Yeah, I never, I, I like maybe, like maybe at the beginning and I like flipped through it. But like the, a couple weeks ago, I sat in this, like sat in the car and let it play. I, I don't think yeah. I'd ever done that experience. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. And, and I think that's like, you know, benefit to my West Coast upbringing is that Sex Packets made its way to me, you know, at a young age. And some of it was beyond me, obviously, because I was still a kid. But just the complexity of it, the fact that yeah, Shaq drew um, those cartoons. I mean, you heard the story I, I told about that Rakim. No, tell tell us, because I bet our listeners didn't. I saw it and it was blown away. But tell us the story. So um, one of the things that I know I noticed when I was a kid was on the inside of, of Digital Underground albums and, and even some of the single covers, these cartoons that had a similar style. It turns out Shock G, you know, is the MC is the the guy who drew those cartoons. So because he does everything, he does because ev- he literally plays does two everything. characters, produces the music, and draws the art. <laughs> right, and and pulls Crazy. the best samples, and you know just all of all of the layers that are in that album. And shout to to DJ Fuse also for so many of of those layers. 
um, in terms of the samples and the cuts and all that stuff. Um, but basically, um, nine years ago, I get an invitation to Rakim's house. We're, we're going to go. I'm going with his manager up there, and we're going to go to talk about a Rakim J period mixtape. You know, which later manifests as the live mixtape, um, which is, you know, e equally ama amazing. But what happens is I get there and I go into his home studio and on the wall is this drawing and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, dang, I know that style. And I step closer and it's signed by Shock G. And so the drawing is Rakim on a cement block. He's kind of just like leaning back like this. And under the cement block are all the other MCs getting squashed. <laughs> and it says um, the master poet across the top. So I saw this and I was like, yo, like, do you know who drew that? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's those guys. And, and I was like, what's the story behind that? And he tells me the story that he, in 89, um, he's doing a show in Oakland. And there's this guy who's waiting backstage and wants to give him this thing. And he gives him this drawing. And Rakim opens it up and he's blown away by this drawing, takes it home and puts it up on, on, on his studio wall. Three months later, Do What You Like comes out and Digital Underground blows up. So Rakim sees them again. And there's a part of this story I didn't tell in the thread. Perfect. Which is, which is a, key, a key part of the story. So basically, Rakim then you know, sees who they are, goes to get all of them to sign it at another show they do together, including Tupac. Rakim takes this back with him. And if you guys ever see the picture um, that I took on the wall, which is on, you know, on this Twitter thread, there's a hole in the poster. So what happens is Rakim sent this to a, a framing or he had, to, you know, his man, it was unclear, but somebody took it to get framed. And when it came back, the Tupac part was torn out. Somebody had stolen the Tupac autograph what? off of the poster. So someone out there has this Tupac autograph out of a torn out part of the poster that Shock G drew for Rakim, like le levels. So essentially wow. what, I, what I said is. By the way, talk about a framing shop. I'm not going back to again. Right. <laughs> so, you know, what, what happens in the moment is I'm like, Yo, does, does he know that you have this on his wall? And he's like, nah, I never really told him. So I was like, is it okay with you if I tell him? And he's like, yeah, of course. So I called DJ Fuse and I'm like, yo, is there any way you could get Shock G on the line right now? And, um, and he, he, he tries to get Shock G. Shock G is not available at that moment. Sounds right. So it, what ends up happening is he, they call me right as we're leaving, and I talk to Shock G and Fuse, and I tell Shock the story of how Rakim still has it. And, and I think Shock might have heard it in an interview as well, but he just was blown away by the fact. How, how that, long ago was this? Uh, this is in 2012 um, okay. that this happened. So, wow. so the, the moral to the story is that you know I, I, I sort of was trying to explain to people how important Shock G is to the culture, and specifically to me. And so I, I told it in the sense of like, you know, the greatest MC of all time, the one who everyone is inspired by. Who does he look to for inspiration? He put Shock G on, on his wall. Wow. For inspiration. And I just thought that was oh, the testament. You know oh, I thought I thought you were saying the moral of the story is be those weirdos that hand you paintings <laughs> and pictures at shows. Well, that's, a, those no, guys, that's a great. Those guys too. are always so fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I have a couple <laughs> here that have been, you know, drawn. I, I think it's amazing. Like, you know, the, the thought that uh, that someone would even do that and and spend the time and give me that is is really ill to the me. So I, I, the drawing ones are kind of weird. Yeah, when but someone if the hands you are a really good. It's if like they're good, yeah, like. But sometimes they're like, "This is what you think I look like, lady." Well, I mean, first of all, that's an amazing story. And yes. perfect. And I actually feel like 
that the last time I interviewed Rakim, he told the story. Wow. In like, but this, I think so. In like, this is we're talking like 2017, 18. I'm pretty sure he talked about having that that you, picture. Now, might have been the interview that that they were. But now, nah, but then, but the time doesn't add up because oh. that was so much before. Oh, you're but, right. You're right. So I think he got. But also, maybe, when did he take it to get framed? Because well, that's after Pac passes, so that's got to be you know. But that's what I'm saying because yeah, yeah, yeah. because if There's he a took it to get framed when he got it signed, and Tupac was nobody back then. It, you know, it might have been some gap of time between when he got it from yeah. him and when he got it. So it was on. It was just taped to his wall, and then finally he was like, <laughs> "We should get that framed." I mean, honestly, I, all I know is that. By the time I got there, it was it was already in a frame. I don't know that that was the first frame it was in. That right? Was maybe like, it was a yeah, maybe was it was like another a, frame. It, again, it's like a gilded gold. Like it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. right, you know right. What I'm yeah. um, he could have framed it kind of bootleg the first time. That's yeah. that's a phenomenal story. Yeah. Wow, yeah, and dope, it, and it is, and the people who draw stuff, yo, Syph and I used to get these uh, these jail letters, and there's this one cat who sends jail letters to the station. Yeah. And he, and I, I got to look around and see if I have any. If I don't, I'm a douchebag because this dude would do the art on the oh, envelope. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yo, Sife, the envelopes would look so crazy. Like it I would, always listen, I would always get nervous about opening those those jail letters because they sometimes ask for very crazy shit. But I did appreciate that somebody was writing us and drawing on the on the like, envelope. I'm talking about like really. I remember the one photo site of both of us that he drew. Yeah. Across the letter, it was like really impressive stuff. Now, Jay Perry. Uh, first of all, when when's your album out? Wait, that's only that's only four albums. No, it was. You have one more. He said Tribe, Pete Rock. Oh, you're right. Ice Cube, Sex Packets. Again, this it's so hard for me to choose. I I think probably. Illmatic and Ready to Die would duke it out for the last spot, but I would I would have a hard time choosing. You know, before I probably wouldn't have rated digital above either Ready to Die or Illmatic, but you know, in light of recent events, you know, no, it can affect us that way. Yeah, for sure. So your album came out yesterday. Yes, it came out yesterday. It's Congrats. chapter one of my album. Thank you. Cha- how many chapters are there? Uh, there are three chapters on this, you know, album, but there are future chapters um, that are already in the works. Um, so this, I think, is a great format for me just from a st- storytelling standpoint and, and, and allows me kind of, you know, one of the things I think that I was up against in doing an album at all is that I, I'm, you know, really all about creating these long form experiences, but listening habits are much more short form. Yeah, these especially days. nowadays, yeah. Yeah, so I think it came down <clears throat> to like, first I got to have the records and, and I, you know, a big part of this process was you know, individually, like knowing those records are strong records on their own without any story and then creating enough of those that I could start to, you know, pull together a story in the way that I imagined. But, you know, it's been five years in the making, excuse me, five years in the making trying to create this album. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a momentous occasion for sure. And, and only the beginning also, because I got a lot in store for chapters two and three, which are already done. It's not like I'm just promising them like they're they're done. They're just getting finalized. And then it's, uh, it's going to be coming out over the next few months. Can you, can you give us a little insight into what the story is that you're telling throughout the album? Well, you know, to be honest, it's not one singular story. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of telling a story about stories. Um, it's sort of like different ways of approaching storytelling. Um, chapter one approaches it in a very kind of linear, you know, Bobito 
we start out a basketball game with Jamel Hill, you know, as the courtside reporter. And that's based on a true story of, of you know, game that Masego and I, a series of games that Masego and I played at Jazzy Jeff's house. And then um, Bobito walks away from the game, which takes place at Rocksteady Park, which is sort of instrumental in my story because um, Rocksteady embraced me, you know, when I first came to New York. And then, you know, walks out of that into New York, into a bodega. Here's a, a salsa record, which again has a sort of backstory. And um, that flips into, uh, you know, Gran Combo with Lin-Manuel and Joel Ortiz. So that, that one really flows in that kind of way. Um, and then from there, um, you know, we, at the end of chapter one, I'm given a little uh, teaser of chapter two. And we, we know we're going into a jazz club. So when we open up chapter two, we're going to be in a jazz club. But, mm-hmm. then, but then it might flip completely and go to a whole other you know sort of format so so that's kind of the way i'm approaching it um i wanted to have the freedom to really be creative um and tell these stories but but also you know just be aware of of how things work these days so you know we're delivering them in these kind of like 12 to 15 minute long chapters um that are experiences in themselves but but also when it all adds up you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be a, you know, a body of work that stands on its own. So that's the plan. This is going to, this is going to sound like a dumb question. This sounds Go very ahead. interesting. I'm very excited to listen to this. What is the secret to getting people to do shit for you? Like getting on an album. <laughs> yeah, we man. struggle with this. We struggle with it. You know, yeah, this, this I, is, this is very impressive. I, I mean, I'll say two things. So, so and I don't uh, think people understand how hard it is. Um, no, you know, I, I think I think that's true. I think that, you know, sometimes it's just patience. You know, sometimes it's it's believing in what you're doing so much that other people, you know, it becomes contagious. And, yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, that's an important part. But then it, again, it's it's also sort of the seeds I've been planting for years and years. Um, in some ways, it feels like this is the culmination of all of that stuff. And, and I'm finding that it, it's coming together in these crazy ways. So the timing of my meeting Dave Chappelle is a, you know, a story of, of me sort of going uh, to meet Jerobi and Jerobi happens to be going to see Dave Chappelle. And um, when I meet Dave, it is the night before the Hamilton mixtape um, is declared, you know, billboard number one. And, wow. so, and so Jerobi introduces me to Dave with that. And Dave is like, wait a second, J period. And, and I was like, yeah, he's like, Oh shit, you did my favorite Q-tip mixtape. And I was like, well, damn. Like, so, you know, like he heard, about the Q-tip mixtape first. And so I think all these seeds I've been planting for years yeah. um, have, have led to this. It's not like it happened overnight. It's been very organic. And, you know, like I take people at their word. You know, when I asked Dave Chappelle to do this and he said, yeah, I was like, all right, we're going to do it. <laughs> so, that, that, that's the main one I'm very uh, impressed yeah. by because I know Dave Chappelle, yeah. I don't know, yeah. forever. Yeah. And he doesn't do... Um, jack shit for me you know what i'm saying but do you ever ask is the question oh i ask oh i ask i mean you do ask aren't you opening up on every show he's doing i feel like you're always around and he definitely you know gives you props like that i've heard so i think i I think you know that that's probably yeah you you should well i'm being i'm being greedy i want other things too i mean listen I, I, (laughs) i i think for me I, I have I had a vision in my mind of what it could be, and you know when I when I pitched it to him, he was like, you know, he, he liked the idea, but there there was other ideas in circulation. So he and I have been talking about a couple of things, um, including the project that he's launching, uh, yeah. you know, very soon. Yeah. And and, um, and so it, you know, again, it's sort of just unfolded in this crazy way where 
the timing of these things aligned and made it possible. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't have been able maybe to do it without the pandemic. You know, it took him being stationary and me yeah. having a place to physically go. Listen, yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff that happens with the roots is because the roots are at Fallon. I would just roll up and, and you know, check in with guys. And, right. and you know, and it's very top of mind, you know, like, you know, those right. guys have a lot going on. But they're there, so you can do it. Yeah, and you know that—that's just about me being in the mix. You know, I—I I think it's—it's it's a lot of that. A lot of these relationships, as you know, both of you, because it's been the way with all of with us, is just very organic. Like, you know, Peter came to New York, sort of with you know dreams that I would say he's far exceeded, and you know, it was <laughs> it was Jay. Period. You know, can you come and rock with me on this Noisemakers series? And you know, we kind of met through that. And, you know, Saif, I saw you in the circles DJ-wise for years and Forever, years and yeah. years. So, you know, a lot of it is just that. And, you know, I, years I think... Ago. Yeah, years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Years ago. And and the last part of it is, you know, you got to put it down. Like, you know, the work has to speak for itself. So, you know, I would give people mixtapes wherever I, I, I go. If the mixtape isn't hot, there's no reason you're going to remember that. Right. But, but if it is, the next time I see you, it's like, oh, J period. Oh, yeah. What's, you know, what's going on? And I think that's yeah, that's 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 the difference. I, we, uh, thank you so much for for doing this and explaining all this, and congratulations. Yeah. That's the difference between you and what me and Rosenberg do, because especially on radio, our the thing that we're giving you is in the moment, and then we give you another thing tomorrow and another thing tomorrow, but it's gone. When you hand someone an actual mixtape, I still have all your mixtapes in my Word. CD collection. Word up. We never had anything that was like able to go back to in a way. You know what I mean? Well, and people might check in one day and then and be like, I love your show, but they yeah. don't check in for another seven months. Yeah. Like yeah. that that's a legitimate thing that happens too. I'm sorry, I'm turning this into no, a complaint. No, but it's like, no, but this isn't I, a self help program for you. Here's the thing. I I think and I think this is true. What you guys give now is a platform, right? Like you have an audience, so people are gonna want to come when they have something to share. You know, like the the no, I, listen. No, but the I'm, platform that you guys of course have is fantastic. I'm 100 percent proud of what we have. I'm yeah. proud of Juan Epp and even Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg's show. I'm just saying we never had the the thing to give. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have did a Juan Epp. Uh, I mean, why don't we do a Wanep mixtape? Come on, let's do no, it. No, mixtapes are dead. We want to do like a Wanep. Um, what's the new thing? What can we do? NFT. You want to do a Wanep NFT? Yeah, let's do a Wanep NFT. Or let's do a Wanep <laughs> drill album. <laughs> yo, Sife. Yo, yo, Sife. If you want to do a Wanep NFT, you need to find a way to finalize the lost De La Soul episode oh, and make right. it an NFT. Oh, we figured out. Do you know the thing of the Lost De La Soul episode? I don't. Tell me. We recorded De La Soul for our podcast early in I the day. I feel so bad for our audience listening right now. Yeah, They're yeah, like, really? Quick. You're telling us the fucking story of the real Lost quick. De La Soul? <laughs> we think we figured it out. Tell we me had a bridge story. We had a De La Soul episode that was fucking amazing. And then when we went to upload it, it, it wasn't on the CD. Oh, no. And so we've we lost it it's been a thing we've since re- uh, interviewed them after and blah 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 and one up is one dead one up is dead is a tribute to de la soul is dead mm. because we didn't have the episode blah 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 but i love that i i was cleaning out my basement and i found the disc that says one up de la soul part one and i realized that i don't think the cd was finalized 
So we think the interview is still on the disc, but we have to find the machine to oh, finalize oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is an adventure in and that, of itself. That, that is an adventure. I, I have a story like that. Yeah, what's your what's your lost thing? Oh my story? god, mine is tragedy, but it ends in triumph. And that is that, um, you know, when I had done the, the Lauren Hill mixtape, um, that became you know the blueprint, like I was saying. So I got a call um, from uh, from Ashley Fox. I'll shout out who is Mary J. Blige's brand manager, who said, you know, I want to do this for Mary. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So, you know, there's this whole saga that begins with me going out to L.A. to the Be Without You video set. And, um, you know, I, I go in there thinking Mary has already said she wants to do this. And when I get there. Oh, no. <laughs> she yeah, has no idea. <laughs> when I get there. Now, the funny part of this is Ashley is, is, is my manager now. So, like, this, this, this story, this, this is how it begins. But Ashley's like, so there's good news and there's bad news. Um, the bad news is I didn't tell Mary about the idea. The good news is she's right in there going and pitch it to her. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay. And, and I went in and I, and I pitched it to her and she loved the idea and we ended up doing the Mary mixtape. So the first opportunity I get to record my interview with Mary, um, she's at the, uh, the Mandarin Chinese Hotel in, in uh, what is it, Columbus Circle? Mandarin I think it's Oriental. Mandarin, Mandarin, Mandarin Oriental. Oriental. Thank you. Wow. So my, my apologies. Racist. Mandarin Oriental Hotel. That's so crazy. I was just talking to my girl about the Mandarin <clears throat> Oriental literally as we were about to start the show. Anyways, keep going. So I, I go in. Um, I'm with my man, um, Tamir Z. Brown. Um, and, you know, we go up to the room, knock on the door, can do answers, um, and lets us in. And Mary comes out in a house coat, house shoes with rollers in her hair. Like she's like <laughs> chilling. Yeah. And this is the benefit of doing my interviews audio only is like people could just be cool and comfortable in that way. <laughs> but so what proceeds to happen is the most mind blowing interview I've ever done in my life. Really? Because Mary's just like literally on the couch, like leaning on a pillow, to just telling stories. Right. In including the story of her like driving in the Jeep. Um, I, I later had her retell the story, but the first time she told it, it was incredible. Driving in the Jeep in Yonkers with the open air. Um, listening to Soul to Soul, Back to Life, and how that was like planted in her mind. So when Clue asked her to do that joint, that, mm. that's why she wanted to do that record. Uh, that was like instrumental yeah. in, her, in her upbringing. So we get all these incredible stories, you know, say goodbye, roll out. And um, all of this was being done on a mini disc recorder. Love mini disc recorders. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Sife knows I'm one of the biggest mini disc guys in the business today. <laughs> so it's tremendous, I got, I got tremendous. Suffice it yeah. to say, this is the last time I ever used a mini disc recorder because we get out and what turns out to ha have happened is that none of it was recorded. Like the entire interview was lost. And how dare you fucking blame mini disc? That was you, J period. <laughs> Were there levels? Did you see the levels? I wasn't manning the recorder. So, so, uh, so. it's so easy. It's one of the best. The reason I love mini disc is I feel like it's the, one of the, I, I, I almost never had a fuck up with one. They're this so is, good. This is the only time. And honestly, I, I, that mini disc got thrown against a wall and was, you know, was gone forever. And I, I've never went back to it, but I took me a year to get another interview with Mary J. Blige. I had to fly to L.A., go to like the Beverly Hills Hotel. It was like, oh, a, there's nothing worse than having to have to tell them and try to recreate it. Uh, it doesn't. It's never the same. So, so what ended up happening was I remembered the stories, you know, 
for so you could feed her no what, well yes what i ended up doing was that it was less about answering questions like i normally do the interview and more like okay in this part i want you to tell the story of this right so it was almost like it was a pre-interview and then you allowed her to just do what she needed to do yeah exactly but but it took me a year to get that now that's what yo it took us five years to get to day law again after it's it's crazy how those things happen yeah um the j period album the first part of it stories to tell um is story to tell. Story to tell. Story or stories? One. Yeah, story. Story to, to tell. tell. Chapter one yes. streaming everywhere right now. Dave Chappelle, Black Thought, um, Bobito Garcia's on there. Crazy Legs, yep. Lin Manuel Miranda, yep. Joel Ortiz, Mad People, Garth Trinidad. Shouts to Garth Trinidad. A lot of people on this project. Yes. Um, we hope the One Ep crowd will go out and give you a nice full stream. Word um, up. Or or a hundred. Word up. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, honestly, like this is just the beginning. So I, I think chapter one is a, a glimpse of what is to come. But I'm excited for how this whole year is going to unfold around story to tell and, and keep it going. So now, I don't mean to I don't mean to show you up. But like, did any of the artists on your project talk about almost beating the shit out of you on a song? <laughs> <laughs> did someone talk about almost beating the shit out of you on a song? You know, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> it's, funny you, it's funny you ask. It's funny it's you so ask. It's so funny you bring that up. Listen to this. Sife, here you go. Last week I played you the ad-libs. Here's, here's the mix of it now. Mania. Rosenberg about a very first encounter. He was talking slick shit. That could have been his worst encounter. I, called I was radio. fresh out the kitchen. I was still weighing work encounters. Triple the world for the work and I take it to the out of town. As when ghost was up in Harlem, showing ice cream for the butter pecans. I remember that. I was up in Harlem getting rid of them butter seed grams that catch a body for 10, catch two for an extra three grand. By the power of grace, go the dust. Had him feeling like he man when Barkley was at the line, shooting a foul shots with a black eye. I was really up in houses supplying the fiends with a crack high this what's five thousand ways that you could break down a crack pot niggas even duck or get struck by these bullets when the mac fly yeah we that fly diplomats i'm back by my gang you get attacked by boy when he got out of act what is this what are we listening to that is um my record featuring ghostface crime apple and jim jones oh, and and Jones dropped the a classic story of me and Sife of when the first time. Sife, do you remember what we were talking about when Jones wanted to kick the shit out of me? Oh, yes, I remember. It was the MTV Top 10 MC list. Wow. And I had just gotten to New York and was like, uh, he, ju- he just got there. <laughs> I mean, I was it was a Saturday morning, so I was we were brand new. Yeah. And I, I was just like. Jim Jones, top MC. Ha, 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 ha. My backpack says here's, no, sir. Right. Here's what Rosenberg doesn't understand. Uh, we had a show at, I don't know, 5 a.m. or whatever it was. On Saturdays. You know, they were prepping us to do the morning show a year later, whatever. And we have a 5 a.m. show. He He thinks no one's listening. Rappers... Left the club. in the hot water with this a lot. (laughs) Rappers leave the club, go to the diner, and they're driving home 5, 6 a.m. It's perfect prime time rap listening time. For sure. Every time (laughs) Jay-Z has ever called us on the show or texted us was like 6 (laughs) a.m. Like him going to the Clearport. You know what I mean? So he's like, Jim Jones, he's not a hotline just starts ringing. 
But you can't really hear the ad lib where he says "ass sife." <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't end up. Be, I didn't. I didn't use you gotta, the ad lib. What? Up in the mix. How do you take out that my ad lib? Um, um, because the way what all the, f- the verses start, it's silence leading up to when they come in, and it it just like is too much to give away before he raps. Well, Point send it. Send it to me. Of course, I will. Jesus it's not, Christ! It's, no, it lives on. It's on one app. It's fine. So this is this is this is for a project that you're working on right now. Yeah, I'm. I don't want to take your interview talking about my album. It comes out May twenty first. <laughs> Word up! Um, but no, um, I love it. Listen, I, honestly, I think one of the things that is most amazing to me is all of all the cats that sort of started around the time that that I started, or you know, Cipher, or when you got into the game, that have moved into different kind of levels and positions and just created new opportunities. And a lot of cats, you know, like. I know you get into hot water and, and, and so forth, but like you have like a real love of hip hop. And I feel like you always, from the time I met you, you know, trying to forward with the culture. And I think Syph, same could be said of you. And so it's dope to me to have cats like that in positions like that now. And, you know, what's exciting is that now all of those folks, like Dave Chappelle himself, is a hip hop head. He sure is. Bro, like that's what I bond with him about is like his knowledge of hip hop is like, all day. Oh, okay. All day. L- listen, All day. that's yeah, that, and that's what's and that's what's. Fr- we'll, we'll complain about this another day. We <laughs> wanted him on one app for so long because it would make the most sense in the world. We already had a low chance. Mm-hmm. Now he has a podcast with Most Def and Quali. Yep, the He's midnight never miracle. coming on one app. <laughs> never. Um, All right, yeah, I got listen. Zyf sat in. Did you sit in on on his joint at some point? Yeah, I sat in on two of them. I think I got edited out all of them. <laughs> they said um, they, they no, said there's the engineer told me there's one line I had that that made you it. You know what? I I I'll tell you what later why that's not true. Um, but, oh, but, but we 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 can't speak on that quite yet. Not yet. Yeah, no, not yet. The secrecy around this project. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's like a plan to invade Russia. We're bound. Like, we're just, bound in blood, Rosenberg. Blood, blood. Sign, oh sign my God! Sign God. <laughs> all yeah, of you. you. I had to cut my look at. I had to cut my hand. Not, oh, I my mean, For Jesus. real. But you know what? I, I think also that's a testament to the respect level that everybody has for, for Dave. And, and he's a visionary, like straight up and down. Yeah. So, like, you know, what, what, I, what I see him trying to do, I'm perpetually impressed at the, le- the level of thinking and, and just how comprehensive yeah. he is. Like, that's to me what the jewel is. It's like, you know, no, no lie. Like, every one of these guys, Q-tip. You know, Busta, any of these guys I get to spend any time around, I, I'm just in awe of how advanced they are in their minds. Like, they're just yeah. incredibly smart, creative, brilliant guys. And I just try to soak as much of that up. So, you know, I, that's how I've been spending my time in Yellow Springs is just soaking up as much game as possible. Gems. Yeah, really. Gems of all kinds. Sure. Like, not just related to what you would expect. But yeah, 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 that's true. Well, yeah. let, hey, you well, know listen, what, bro. We're, I'm done with this white boy cultural appropriation of hip hop. Okay, congratulations <laughs> yeah, to both of you and your <laughs> albums. I, I represent for the Jews, not for the white boys, but that's okay. Uh, uh, um, hey, listen, uh, J. Period, we appreciate. Oh, you is the J. On, Jew? The J. Period is that <laughs> no, Jew? Jew? Period. No, no cipher sounds. That is not. <laughs> I never realized that Jew. Period. Oh Lord. Um, I should have known better than to spend too much time on with you guys. It's going to get raucous. <laughs> um, oh, please. If you think just mentioning Jews, when I start getting deeply anti-Semitic, that's when we get into the good stuff. Oh, man. Count me out for oh, that part. <laughs> um, hey, listen. Good, good luck. Congratulations. And uh, with lo- I know you have a million more stories, so we'll have you back yeah, another time no, to tell definitely. more of them. I got to come on and, and share some of the jewels for sure. And I appreciate you guys having me 
Um, definitely check out Story to Tell. Chapter one is out right now. Chapters two and three coming very soon. And actually, one last person I got to shout out is the one and only Jazzy Jeff. Maybe next time I come back, I'll talk about the playlist retreat and kind of the role of that in, in sort of really sparking everything around this album. So many artists on there are from the playlist retreat. Tiffany. And you can help us solidify getting Jeff on the podcast. I've talked to him about or it. Or an invite times. to the playlist retreat. Well, the playlist retreat is, is not happening now for obvious reasons, but um, I definitely uh, can connect you with Jeff on that because that guy's got stories for days. What, yeah. bro? Days, he, we're, I'm days. connected to him. I just need him to say yes. To we just need show. to. I mean, I think yeah. he's down to do it. I think it's just like pushing. But maybe if you're like, hey, I went on. It was great. You can do it from your studio sitting at home. It's super easy. <laughs> um, anyways, yo, good luck, yo. Appreciate yeah, you. Congrats, Thank man. Thank you, guys. Yes. Talk to you. There soon. he is. J. J. Period, ladies and gentlemen. Story to Tell, Volume 1. It's out right now. You can get it everywhere you stream music. I mean, Syph can't get through one interview without turning it into some sort of self-help well, why? How did you do it? Why not me? I, I like to it. get information on how to do things better. And by the way, he does. I mean, we didn't even touch. We didn't even scratch the surface on how much shit he's pulled off over the years. Yeah. Like he's. But, you know, he's he has a personality. He's like really good at connecting people and yeah. blending in. He's not yeah. like a big, bold personality. He's like a. This, Quiet, he, cool. We were at a Dave. We were at this secret Dave Chappelle show in New York a couple weeks ago, and he was there. And I always I see him in Yellow Springs a couple times. And then uh, he goes, "Hey, um, what's up with Juan Up?" He's like, "I got a a project. I would love to talk about it on there with you guys." I said, "Yeah, sure." He goes, "Yeah, because I got Dave on there, and my the hatred that started bubbling up inside of me." I was like, "How the fuck did you get Dave on your album?" What's the- What's the thing you would have most wanted Dave to do for you? Want Is it. it this? Want it. Yeah. Want it. Like two hours want at it. his house. Want it. Absolutely. All, all, and by the way. Want it. That's it. That's all I want. Way, That's all I want. And by the way, I know their podcast is going to be great. It's not the same as it would have been him sitting with us. It's just not the same. It's, bro, it has, it's nothing. The podcast is not even what you think. It's nothing like this. It's, it's, it's some different shit. The only reason why it's called a podcast is because that's how it's like the new med- the new format that we release projects like this. It's not even a podcast. Oh, so you're saying it doesn't really prohibit him from doing this. No, it's not I'm like going to – hopefully this will be the thing for him to do one up to talk about that. that. That's my goal. Now, you said that you've pitched him on doing a lot of things before, but have you really? Nah. Like I feel like you're – you haven't. Nah. Like I wonder – if you were to say, because sometimes this is while we're let's just finish this Tony Robbins shit. Okay. Some sometimes isn't the move to be like, yo, can I talk to you for a second? Yo, what's up? Yo, man, I'm super grateful for everything I do for you. Blah 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 blah. The one thing I that would really mean the most is if I could get Rosenberg to come out here and we could sit with you one day, one of these days, anytime during the weekend. You tell us when that you're just willing to sit down, smoke a fucking pack of cigarettes, and talk to us for two hours. Yeah. Like, that's it. Uh, th- I would, that's, that would mean the world. That's the thing. Sorry, there's two things I've always asked him for in, in, okay. in, in retrospect. I had that exact same talk with him about being on the road with him and doing comedy. And so I can't say he hasn't given me anything. Of course not. He's given you lots. Yeah, but 
But fuck that. We need, yeah, you can ask again. Yeah, we got that already. That's done. So you can do one more. Yeah, one more thing. He loves to give. Oh, he's a giver. And 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 I and I like. Um, if my experience with him when he did Hot ninety seven a few years ago is any indicator, like he enjoyed when when him and I were able to just shoot the shit on hip hop, he was super into it. It's what it, the pro the the problem is never the content. The problem is getting him to sit down and do it. I guarantee he will fucking love it when he does it. He loves talking like hip hop. That's all he does. If, if we did it just like this, where I had the computer up and anything we talked about, we started playing a song and just talk. I'll tell you a secret. A secret. Me and him are kind of well. We said we were going to work on this project. When I tell you the level of the level of of how it's based in hip hop, mm. it's so very deep. Mm. Mm. Listen, guys, we will be back again next week. We appreciate you. Um, you already know how to subscribe because you did. I hope you'll tell a friend. I hope everyone listening will tell a friend next week because we're hearing the slow build of of people telling people. So you got to keep that up. If you're one of the people listening who hasn't shared it, um, please share it because we're we're doing this shit with no no end in sight. So um, tell a friend and tell a friend. And next week, God willing, another week with with no icons lost. We'll have a fun episode of One App. I'm working on some good. I'm working on some good like throwback groups that people have not heard from in a very long time to come on the show so there's a lot of fun stuff on the way Sife to you and Billy I want to say go fuck yourself okay bye bye